welcome to the Next Level Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, qualified business and life coach, eDisc profiler and speaker. The Next Level Life podcast is all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to episode 33 of the Next Level Life podcast with special guest Shah Moore, the why woman herself. Shah Moore is an internationally award-winning mentor, keynote speaker, author, mum and nanny. She is a purposeful driving force who talks today all about her why mag, why she created it, and why having a powerful why is the most important thing to be able to achieve the success that you're looking for. We talk all about how she went from broke to a BMW, how she listened to her readers and went from digital to print in a time where everyone was telling her that print was dead, how she uses her bigger than fear why to drive her to succeed, why she started a magazine with absolutely no experience, why it's so important to follow your why and then that success will actually come when it's meant to how to deal with rejection, how, how to find a mentor and knowing that without a mentor you're choosing the hard path, how to trust your intuition to create the success you're looking for and the power of checking in with your goals and intentions. We cover so much on today's episode and I really hope you enjoy it. Let's get straight into it right now. So I would love to welcome CEO and founder of YMAG, Shah Moore, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Christine. It is my absolute pleasure, and I'm so excited to get into this episode, talk a little bit more about YMAG and why you've created it, and to hear all about um, the content that you've put through and your journey to be able to get where you are today. So thank you so much. Gosh, I hope we've got a few hours. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try and jam pack it into as much as we can. So just to get started, for people who haven't heard about YMAG, can you tell us a little bit about it and how it got started? Definitely. So look, the why behind YMAG. So I was going through some tough times in business. Uh, We'd been living overseas. I had my own spa in the desert of of the UAE. And uh, we moved back to Australia with our children. And it was one of those times where I realized I couldn't top what I'd done in the spa industry overseas. So I still wanted to help women empower them to be the best version of themselves. So I became a qualified uh, personal stylist and image consultant and had my own high-end fashion boutique in the Bayside of Queensland. And it was doing extremely well. We were doing thousands of dollars a day without really trying because it was such a unique concept. And of course, the Queensland floods went through and even though our shop wasn't directly water affected, it didn't matter. And, and often people think you have to be directly affected with water to have a business downturn and that's so not true the area that our shops were located was in a village and it took people out to a beautiful waterfront precinct but on the way out there there was a small bridge and unfortunately because of all the water that washed out through Morton Bay it eroded the part of the bridge so the council put up a sign uh, which was at literally our death warrant and it said local traffic only so they would stand there and check unless you lived at the end of that point which was multi-million dollar houses either side they would not allow extra traffic there because it was too much burden on the on the bridge so people stopped coming to the area of course why would you there was nothing else to do but go to the precinct so it was one of those times where it was like oh my gosh through no fault of ours we were literally spiraling down 
And I was facing bankruptcy. I was basically, I hung on for six months and uh, was looking for a way to get out of it. Tried everything, all the marketing ideas I could and nothing changed it. People weren't going to come in. It didn't stop raining for a couple of months and no one's going to come in to buy high-end fashion and get drenched. Uh, so it didn't matter what I did. And I literally sat down one night and, and I realized I had to move out of the shops. I had all this stock that I had ordered pre-season in high-end fashion. You order a season before. And I really, I went conservatively. I went under the quota and I thought I'd rather do that. And then I can order some pieces that are already in stock from other labels and I'll fill the shop up that way. Well, of course, all this stock turned up and no one was buying so as I was sitting on the bathroom floor at two o'clock in the morning, I, I went, you know, I can either go bankrupt and, you know, not pay any of this debt off and start again. Uh, but because I'll share what my why is later, because my why is so passionate to me, I didn't want to do that. It didn't feel right integrity wise. So I picked myself up and I thought, okay, I'll go search of a high end magazine that is real, raw, uh, unapologetic. It, it tells it how it is and it tells the story of other people who may have faced challenges, how they got through it. I was looking for something like that. Well, I'm sure you can imagine my disappointment when I walked out reading headlines of, you know, I killed my mother. I did this. Here's a diet, lose five kilos by Friday. Uh, you know, t-shirts worth $5,000. I thought, how unrealistic is this? Isn't there anything that's real? So I walked out of there and I had Gandhi's quote in my mind and it said, be the change you want to be if see in the world and I thought well how hard can it be I'll start an online publication I'll call it why mag let's focus on why people do what they do what's their true purpose in life and that's how it started five and a half years ago uh, we were a digital publication we put out an issue where as and when I could like six seven eight times a year I launched a business networking group at the same time I got other entrepreneurs together on a monthly basis we had a speaker we brainstorm ideas to all get out of this mud that we were in and uh, you know that ran for four and a half years the magazine kind of found its place amongst all of that and then we got such a big demand to print it uh, and that's what happened last year Wow, incredible. And that's huge, especially in this day and age where everyone thinks that everything is going digital, that to go back to print must have been a huge decision for you to make. What really prompted that? Like, obviously, you had the demand, but then what, was that, what else was playing in that? So, look, we, it was really interesting because we got our digital product up to about 60 pages on screen, turn page style. So you clicked a button and it sounded like, you know, paper turning across your screen. I went, oh, that's so corny. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the content was there and we we're still doing the stories and all the rest of it. And I started to watch a decline in our digital readership. We had a footprint in 17 countries and a really strong readership. And it started to go down each issue. And I thought, what's going on? Maybe people don't want this purposeful content anymore. So I reached out to some of our regular readers and I said to them, what's going on? Is there something else you're interested in? What, why don't you like YMAG? And they all came back to me and said, oh, gosh, no, we love YMAG. But because we are so connected to the story, we're finding it really difficult to make that heartfelt connection to our computer screen or our iPad would you consider printing it? And I thought, oh, what? That is ridiculous. Have they not got the memo? Print's dead, you know. Everything's digital. And I thought, well, hang on. There's a lot of people saying this. I need to do some research. 
So for eight months, I closed my networking group after four and a half years and I basically went back to study magazine world and I did a lot of research with women in this in this genre, 30 to 55, and I asked them why they had stopped buying print magazines and I was astounded, Christine. It wasn't anything to do with the fact they didn't want to buy a good quality magazine. They were, they literally said to me, Shah, we're sick of work, working our butts off to make money to spend $15 or even $10 on a publication. Then we feel crap about ourselves later. We literally curl up going, I may as well just go slip my wrist now because I'm never going to have that life. I'm not going to lose that five kilos by Friday. Clearly my eyelashes aren't good enough. I need to tuck this, nip that. And they said, we're not going to do it anymore. Mm. So they voted with their feet. They stopped spending money on those digital, uh, those printed publications and said, no, enough's enough. And that's when they said, if you put this out there, we will support you. So I thought, hmm, I'll get them to put their money where their mouth is. So I crowdfunded the first issue of YMAG on my own website. I didn't go through a crowdfund platform. I crowdfunded it with pledges starting from $3.95, $20, up to 6500 for exclusive amazing ad packages. And we had a goal of raising $16,000 to cover our first print bill. We raised 22000 Wow, that is crazy. That is so awesome. That's, yeah, and so, wow, I don't even know where to go with from that. That's, that's huge. So I just love the fact that you've actually gone, well, the market research is there. I've done the market research. People want to buy it, but now how the hell am I going to do it? And, yeah, put it back into their shoes. That's awesome. So I'm sure that wasn't the only challenge that you came across with creating it and putting it into print. What do you feel were some of the challenges along the way before that first copy was printed? Oh, look, so maybe I'm not from the publishing industry at all. Uh, it's, it's not my strength. I don't have any experience in that at all, apart from being a reader. Uh, so I thought, well, how am I going to do this? I have no idea what format, what layout, what the design supposed to look like, what, uh, how many stories to, you know, to add. I had no idea. And I didn't want to use another publication as a benchmark because, as, as a lot of women know, a lot of magazines we buy, 70, 80% of their pages are adverts. And I thought, I don't want to copy that because then aren't I the same? And what if I can't contact the big ad companies and agencies and they give me, you know, all the top hero brands that we hear all the time? I thought people will pick my magazine up and it'll feel the same because it's mm. the same ad. And I went, how do I do something different? So I thought, well, you know what, I've got nothing to lose and I'll just trust my gut. I looked around the world for some great people that worked in magazine and had experience and uh, they're still with me today and we've just finished our fourth issue. We go on sale next week uh, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where the right people, the right time and the right vision. So I just said, I'm going to do it this way and let's see what happens. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, we do one issue, no one buys it or we go home and start something else. And I just think that sometimes we put too much emphasis on getting it right the first time. There is no getting it right. Uh, it's just the first time. And it's much easier to steer a moving vehicle than to steer a parked car. 
and I say this to my mentoring clients all the time, don't wait to get everything right before you leave the driveway. Let's get the car moving. It's really easy to go, oh, we need to go left a little bit for a while because that didn't work. Uh, so I just got out there and did it and oh, feedback was overwhelming. We broke social media in the first two weeks of the launch last July. Everyone was taking what we call a Y selfie uh, with their publication and saying how real it was. I was on the cover of the launch. Uh, they just loved that it wasn't a celebrity on the cover. They loved that real articles. It, we just broke social media. It was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. So tell me, what do you look like, look for in a story that you pop in as content? So what is it that's important to you that you put in uh, the magazine pages? It has to be real. It has to be something that, see, often when we read stories in other publications that we believe they miss the point. And this is, happens even in networking groups. Again, I ran my own hundreds of events over four and a half years and I would listen to people before they learned the way that we did it. They would share the what before the why. Mm. And we don't believe that's the right way. If you don't know your why, your what doesn't matter to anyone else and it shouldn't matter to you. What if you open heart, share why you do what you do and then say, by the way, this is why I'm a mortgage broker, for example, because this happened to me and I don't ever want it to happen to someone else. So I then trained and got in the industry and this is why I do what I do. If you have two mortgage brokers and one you know the why of and one you don't, I guarantee you I know who you're going to use next time you need a loan. And so when we look for stories, we often get pitched, I mean, get pitched all the time through our website, through PR companies, and we can just tell straight away that pitch is just intended for that person's, you know, use and, and promotion. And it's the pictures that come to us from everyday people through our website, you can submit on our website homepage, that come to us and go, this is what's happened, this is then the crux, that sort of crossing point um, in our life where we realise that if something didn't happen, I would never get to experience and share my gifts with the world. This is why I've now set my business up. And it doesn't even need to be that their business is successful at that point. It's just that they are taking the courage and, and pursuing it. And mm. success will come when it's meant to. Mm, definitely. So tell me, what's your why? What, what makes you get out of bed in the morning? Look, I have, I guess, and everyone has a few whys, but I think the the biggest one for me that drives me in nearly everything I do, and your why, by the way, has to be bigger than any and all of your fears, and we all have the F word, uh, so it has to be bigger than all of that, otherwise it's not actually your why. Uh, without going too much into my, my childhood personal story, but I'm Indian born in Thailand and grew up in Australia from the age of four. And at the age of 11, I was engaged to a man in Thailand who was nine years older than me until the age of 15 and a half. So I was still going to a school in country Victoria, doing everything that everyone else was doing, yet I wore an engagement ring and I was spoken for. So I couldn't be seen out a lot. I couldn't do shows on stage at concerts. I couldn't play a lot of sports. And at the age of 15 and a half, my, my dad that raised me, my Aussie stepdad, he found out about the situation and he sat down and, and gave me the most important decision and choice of my whole life. And I didn't realize it until I was older, what he'd done, but he sat down and asked me what I wanted. And as an Indian girl growing up in that tradition, you don't get asked, your opinion does not matter. You do culturally what has been happening for thousands of years. You do what you're told and uh, you just get on with it. So when he asked me that, I realised he'd given me a chance to dictate my future and choose my life the way I wanted. So, of course, I said, no, this is not what I want. I wanted to study. I wanted to go to university. I wanted to marry who I wanted to marry, work where I wanted to work. So 
the years following that, I kind of went out. It's like when you, if you ever do a diet, which I don't believe in them, but if you ever did one, you come out of a diet and you walk into a cake shop, right? You have a coffee and a lemon meringue. And I felt like I was on that stage of, of life where it was like, oh my God, I can actually do what I want to do. My gosh, I'm going to move out, get a job, do this. So uh, the first job I started with, I actually met my now husband of, we're celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary on board the cruise ship in a few weeks. Um, and I actually thought, well, wow, I'm going to choose my my life. But when I got into my 20s, started having my kids in my 30s, and I realized what he'd done was huge. How do I pay that forward? So I thought, what if I started a, an orphanage or fundraise for a charity home in Thailand, and I can give those children that same defining choice that my dad gave to me what if I could give them a chance to choose their future despite their circumstance despite the fact their parents have passed away or you know just abandoned them because they can't afford to raise them which happens a lot in Asian countries so I wanted to do that so my why is to help underprivileged children in Thailand have a chance to choose their future despite whatever's happened to them and that's honestly Christine it doesn't matter the darkest of dark times in my life through business I've, I've had all the ups and downs I've made all the money and lost all the money and made it back again and done it a few times just to make sure I got the losing part <laughs> right uh, and you know it's amazing that I, I can sit there in my darkest time and now snap of the fingers I see those children in Thailand sitting on the street bed getting taken into homes and motel rooms by the mafia and having things done to them and that picks me up like you have no idea and it doesn't matter what scary phone call I have to make who I think I need to make a call to or a sales call or oh, I might uh, nothing nothing scares me because I just see those kids in front of me going Kun Sharon please help us and that's it done I'm off mm, yeah powerful and massive massive why like that's and I love the fact that you actually said that it has to be bigger than all of your fears because when you really do break it down like that, there is absolutely no reason why you can't get out of bed and make those difficult calls or make those difficult decisions. So that's huge. So is there any major decision or major challenge that you've had that you feel has really shaped who you've become now as a person? Uh, oh, look, I've had quite a few Uh Getting like when we all get rejected, uh, it really makes you stop and reflect. And it's really important to stop for a very brief moment, reflect and, and ask how and why that's happened. And I think the key to that for me has been when there's something that hasn't gone well, I've done all the planning and research and it didn't work because not everything turns into a great success, of course. Uh, but I've, I've also come to understand now at the age I am that Everything has happened for a reason and everything is a stepping stone. And now when I was going, what I called uh, my, my time after the floods is broke to BMW and I wrote a book about it. And I also have a 12 month webinar series to help other people go from that stage to whatever their success is. Uh, and I often talk about the fact that now I'm so grateful for that opportunity. One, it's allowed me to win international awards in New York for the work that I do with other women in business to teach them how to grow through it. It allows me to speak. I'm one of the keynote speakers for P&O Cruise Ships in Australia. I speak a couple of times a year for them on a cruise. I would not have those opportunities. So those defining moments in all of our lives, every one of them has a lesson. It's just that a lot of human beings choose not to see the lesson. They choose to say, woe is me oh why did it happen to me poor me and 
yes, we need to wallow for a while with a glass of wine or a couple of bottles of wine and a good girlfriend or two, but then we need to snap the crap out of it because your why, your gift, your purpose has only been given to you. That genius zone and that that beautiful unpackaged gift which sits inside of each and every one of us, there are no two the same. And if we don't unwrap that gift, when we die, that beautiful present inside of us dies as well. And I think that's an absolute crime. So every moment I've had something like that happen from Queensland floods to moving back over after being overseas, having my business, I ran the largest group of spas in Thailand, 500 staff. I quit that job because it was consuming my life and everyone thought I was crazy I was on mega money traveling around you know but they didn't understand that my family values were more important than the dollars in the bank so what I do with women uh, in my mentoring program what I do when I get off stage anywhere in the world and I have one person come and say to me you've come here for me today thank you oh payday big time yeah amazing so is there anything in particular that you feel that you do differently that makes you successful One of the things that I I believe, and my clients have said this to me, uh, and my husband obviously who knows me very well, is they've said that I'm not fearful of of doing something and I get it done really quickly. So I'm I'm a shiny object syndrome. Of course I have to be. I've got like nine different projects that I work on at any given time. And one of the things that I do is I'm quite discerning now and that comes after years and years and years in business, having all the failures, having all the lessons. The key thing that I've always done well is I always have a mentor. In fact, some of the parts of my life where I've been through my biggest growth, I have three mentors at a time because not one person can cover all areas. You need a mindset, you need a wellness, you need a business. You can't just have one person covering all things and if you think you can get away with it and grow your business to the level you want without a mentor, I'm here to tell you you can't and you're doing it the hard way there is a mentor for every budget find one Uh, and a lot of mentors depending on what you're trying to achieve more than more than happy a lot of them to sit down and just have lunch with you and share what they can in that time of course you've got to value and honor them Uh, but having a mentor definitely uh, success for me has always come when I absolutely back myself and trust my intuition If all of us have an intuition, I call it our internal GPS system, which is driven by your why. When we second guess it, that's when the wheels fall off your vehicle. I always say to my clients that close your eyes, tune into the question you need to answer right now. And it may be as simple as the one Oprah shared with us years ago. What is the right next move for me? And you tap into that, ask the question, then you must listen to the answer. So many people, they'll hear the answer and it's it's like a BFO, it's a blinding flash of the obvious and then they go, oh, no, oh, geez, I couldn't start a magazine. No one buys a magazine. Like they'll hear it and then they go and then they discount it. So I'm here to tell you if you've done that, which I'm sure you have, uh, if you're listening today, don't do that. Listen to your internal GPS system, your intuition. It is there to guide you the right way. Then find someone on the outside who can be a mirror for you as your mentor or coach. And seriously, everyone will succeed. Mm, Amazing. So what would you say one of your proudest moments have been? Oh, hands down. Oh, look, apart from family, kids, grandkids, I've got two beautiful grandsons kissing their little faces. And uh, one of my grandsons is only 10 months old and he walked to me the other day. So that was hugely proud. But professionally, hands down, 
you know, when you tap into more of my childhood and know who I was and who I was told I would never be, when I stood in New York in Manhattan receiving with a room full of 500 professional women from around the world and I received my first international award for women helping women at the Stevie's at the Marriott Hotel, hands down was my proudest moment because it was like that little Indian girl inside of me stood on that stage and went, no, 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 people are wrong. <laughs> and I stood there because of all the belief and love and trust of all my clients that they had in me to guide them on their journey and help them find their why. So hands down my proudest moment. Mm, beautiful. And so in regards to obviously creating those moments but also to becoming successful, how often do you like to set goals within your business? Oh, daily. <laughs> I have uh, I have a 2018 planner. I've had I try to have planners every year in diaries and goal setting uh, tasks. But I actually created one this year because I wanted something colourful and bling and fancy. Uh, so I have my own, and every day there's questions. Uh, it's goal setting activities each week, intention setting activities each week, and then every day we check in with everyone who's got the planner. What difference did they make today? How will your future self thank you for what you did today? Did you pay it forward? How did you make someone smile? So it's all about being present. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you, Christine, the amount of people I have had come up to me after I've come off a stage and said, Shah, I've realised until this moment that I have been existing in my life, not living it. And the only way we can live our life is by setting a tangible goal, holding ourselves accountable, which often has to come from having a mentor because we can write lists on our desk till the cows come home. Unless anyone knows what's on that bit of paper, it's really easy to tear it up and say the dog ate it, right? So you have to have someone to hold you accountable for it. And you also have to have a reward with your goal. Most of my clients got it wrong before we started working together because human beings, what gets rewarded gets repeated. It can be a small goal. I have a goal. I have certain things to achieve and then I head to the spa once a week on a Thursday night and I have my hour massage and if I don't get them done I don't go because you don't want to cheat yourself because then your body doesn't enjoy it the same way because you sit there going I'm not shouldn't really be here I didn't tick it off so you must have goals and it's again break them down Uh, there's a lot of processes that you can use to break down goals but do it it works hundred percent. I totally agree with you. Put a date on it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Putting a date on it and actually making it, you know, almost backtracking it to figure out exactly how you're going to get there is really important. So then how do you like to start your day? Do you normally have a certain routine that you follow? Is there anything that you'd like to do on a daily basis that keeps you focused and on path? Uh, look, I, I'm pretty, I pretty much jump straight into it. Like our weeks at the moment, we're growing the magazine brand globally. I speak internationally. I still mentor VIP clients. So we do, I do about an 80 or 90 hour week. I won't lie. I'm not going to say that it's lifestyle, beautiful, knock off at one. Uh, but it's our choice at the moment because we're growing this because we want to empower women globally. And that's the path we'll go for another two years. So as soon as I wake up, I will, you know, do my meditation. I read my intentions and affirmations and then I pretty much jump on to what's needed for the day so I check in with the team Uh, we use Asana for our goal setting and project management which is great Uh, and I check in with what needs to get done I also run a a private uh, social media membership group 
uh, which I'm doing in another hour, in fact. And I do a weekly video in there. So I check in with them and it's a paid space, only a few dollars a week, but it allows us to separate what's on social media what, with something that's actually going to make a difference. So I check in with them and I give them daily activities or goals or affirmations, etc. And that's, that's kind of my routine. So I feel like I've checked in with my team. I've given back. I've worked on me. And then I come down into the office and I work from home, beautiful office at home, and I jump into the day. So routine-wise, I, I love to check in. I love to get back to people quickly. Uh, I have my routines of looking after myself. I go for my walks. I do my massages and so on. So, And, of course, family time a lot on the weekend just to retop the tank. I think people that don't stop at all is, is not just never going to work. Mm. You have to do it in balance. Yes, it's a bit more heavy on the work. But, again, Christine, it's, you know, when you, when you do what you love, I sit in here and I've just, you know, finished a publication and sent it off to print. I don't look at that as work. I've just done, created something that I know women, thousands of women around Australia, that is going to be their absolute medicine for the next three months. So it doesn't, it's not like the grind of real work. When you do what you love, and you're living your why, it doesn't feel like work. Mm. And you just lose time, hey? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, often I'll go, I'll just pop in the office for an hour and three hours later I'm still yeah. on the tangent and, yeah. <laughs> so is there any stories that come to mind or any interviews that you've done with people who you've popped into your magazine that really come to mind that have resonated massively with you? Uh, look, I ran a podcast show a few years ago and I had some great people on there. So Ali Brown, uh, Sam Cawthorn, oh, quite, quite a few people actually, some well-known, some that should be well-known that aren't. Uh, we've had some great people in the magazine. It's, it's, we only look for great people. The other thing that we love to look for are what we call best-kept secret brands, brands or people that we believe should be household names, but they're not. And they're doing amazing things and no one knows about them. That's kind of the crux of YMAG is we love just getting the brightest spotlight that we can, shining it on them and saying, look, world, look at this amazing person who should be on your radar. So, look, I come across people all the time, everywhere that I go, on stages, off stages, online, offline. Uh, there's just, I've got so many people in my network now. I could, I could literally fill 10 years of magazines with you know, with everyone that I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so is there anything that like that you're listening to or uh, reading at the moment that you're finding empowering? I love Brendan Bouchard's uh, books. I'm actually, I've just become a licensee for uh, a, Ve- a Las Vegas Speaking Bureau's course, actually. I've been listed by her uh, on her website, which is fabulous. And uh, I'm, I'm studying that at the moment. Uh, there's an eight-week online course, which I'm nearly finished. Uh, so that's been great. And it's all about how to monetize your message from a stage rather than just you know, and a lot of speakers don't get paid and they don't get paid what they're worth and they don't know how to find speaking gigs. So I'm really understanding that. And I want to help speakers in Australia get on stages and get paid what they're worth. So that's consuming everything in my spare time at the moment. Uh, I'm also creating a, uh, a podcast show. I have my Facebook membership group. Uh, we've got a few big projects we're working on this year. So books-wise, they're a bit harder for me at the moment. I am going to switch to audio, but Brenda Bouchard's books I do like and I can consume them, you know, as and when I can. We read so much when we're doing our magazine. We feel like we're constantly getting great articles we have a lot of why business articles in our magazine from our expert advisors. So we feel like we're reading a book every time we put together a magazine. <laughs> and is there anything that you do in regards to your own personal development on a regular? 
Uh, look, I used to. Uh, I, I listen to podcast shows as well when I can as well uh, and a lot of TEDx talks. Uh, I don't do as much personal development, attending workshops and retreats as I used to when I was in major growth phase. And I think that's just because at the moment I want to make sure what I create in the magazine is pure and it's me. And I'm very mindful of uh, tuning into a particular voice in any training because I don't want that voice to flow through. I think why why makers worked so well in the past year in print form has been because it's my voice and I'm considered apparently uh, by some people as a thought leader. So I want to make sure that I'm just tapping into my expert in me and sharing that. That will change as the magazine grows and we want to take it more globally. We, we're running two-day retreats, so we'll be looking for ideas around that. So that would definitely change. But at the moment, I'm not tapping into anything. Okay, cool. Awesome. So... If there was someone that's never read YMAG before and walks into a newsagent and picks it up for the first time, what would they expect from the pages? So what they would expect is they're firstly going to be wowed by the quality and the thickness of the pages and the actual tactile feel of it. They will be wowed the fact that there's no celebrity on the cover and no headline saying, you know, I bullied my mother, I stabbed my sister. That will wow <laughs> them when it says empowering women to become the best version of themselves. And that's what we've actually had feedback from people going, didn't know about you, you literally jumped off the, your shelf. Uh, the magazine has a heartbeat. And what they'll see inside is inspirational quotes. So we have a section of quotes in our magazine and they're not page fillers by any stretch of the imagination. We put them in there on purpose and we have our readers send us pictures of their wall where they've cut every quote out and stuck it on their wall and every day they read them which is brilliant one lady said to us I filled my wall I don't know what to do when the next magazine comes out I've got nowhere to put them <laughs> so um, they'll see activities as well because I'm an international award-winning mentor I want the magazine to be something you do as well as you read and enjoy so we have activities in each issue that I personally create myself and it helps people with their mindset and their strategy and their business and life and they're really important and so many people tell, take selfies and send it to us so they are doing them they're going to see empowering stories of people just like them like seriously a lot of the stories are probably from your neighbor or someone down the road uh, we get stories from all over the world so it's not just in Australia they're also going to see expert articles from our advisory board who write for us in different areas of business legal you know and so on and so on health and so on so we try and give YMAG a very holistic approach and we have a really nice growing section of men reading it. So they snatched it off the wife to start with and now they've gone out and got their own because they love the fact that there's positive articles and not smutty rubbish. Mm, it's so needed. It's so needed. So that's, that's incredible. So what is your, say, 10-year mission? What's your big focus for the magazine in the next 10 years? Look, in 10 years, I would like to think that we are one of the preferred empowering magazines globally. I would like to think that the retreat that we run every year is a sought-after event that women know when they turn up. It's not a pitch fest from stage. We don't. We have an experience and an event concept which we launched in Sydney last year called the Elysian Experience. And Elysian means surpassing excellence. It's a Greek word. And we know women want an experience. They don't really want an event. They want to remember an experience. So we created the Elysian Experience. We want those retreats around the world and they'll be at various locations every year. 
We want it to be something where they turn up and they know that it's going to add value to their life and their business. It's not a pitch fest. No one is allowed to sell on stage at our events uh, because we know that that is so done to death and it's not what women want. We know that they're willing to invest a little bit more in a ticket price to turn up somewhere to meet quality people like-minded people and be empowered to be the best version of themselves. So we want those experiences around the world to be sold out and sought after. We want it to be kind of a calendar date. We're launching a concept which is coming out uh, very soon called Why July. Uh, it will be a national day in Australia where, like an Are You OK Day, everyone will ask everyone else what is their why and we want that to stop people in their tracks and go, well, why am I here? Why, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my purpose in life? We want that to become the forefront topic. Uh, and it's great to know you're okay, but if you're living your why, you're going to be okay. Mm. So we're launching a national day in July this year, uh, the first one of its kind. We want that national day in 10 days to be everyone in Australia is asking the question. Uh, we just want to wake up the world and remind them that this is not a dress rehearsal. This is your only chance. And if you don't unwrap the gift that's been given to you and unpack your purpose and find a way to monetize it and help others, it's a waste. And we want to shake the world up and go, now is the time. Mm, 100%. You're speaking my language. <laughs> so is there any, when you think about your readers going through the pages and walking away from it, what do you want them to be walking away with from the magazine? I want them to walk away going, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it because everyone I read in that magazine is just like me. All they've done is move their vehicle out of the driveway and put it in drive. I want them to know that we support them a thousand percent through our online workshops, through our online Facebook membership group, through the magazine, through the events. Uh, we want them to know that we will back them as long as they put their car, their vehicle into drive. We will help them in any way we can. I want them to feel like we have got their back because we have and everything we do and every time we put an issue together, every person that I consider for the magazine on the advisory board, advertiser, we don't let everyone in. We've had big brands wanting to advertise with us and we've said no because we know they don't know their why anymore. Our, every advertiser we feature, why they do what they do before we share the what. We want our readers to know that everything has been done on purpose to help them know that everything's going to be okay and we've got their back. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. So how do you go about celebrating when you win? So when you have some wins within the business, when you have some wins within your team, how do you like to celebrate? Oh, uh, look, we, the team, it's harder with the team because they are spread out all over the world. We've got our editorial director based in New York, designers in Melbourne, you know, assistants everywhere, freelance writers and, and proofreaders in South Africa. So getting together physically is a bit more challenging. <laughs> Uh, but we have online celebrations. Uh, we, we chat a lot online. We have closed groups that we do that. Personally, when we have a win, obviously celebrating it with my family, but I have some amazing girlfriends. And I think I talk about this in one of my trainings. It's about finding your circle of six. We all need a circle of six uh, people around us and we need to have that inner circle of people who can support us, help us when we're down or need to brainstorm, but also celebrate with us so I have some amazing girlfriends that you know always up for a glass foot or bottle or two of mine and uh, we can go out and and chat and just really pat each other on the back and say well done because they've seen the journey when it hasn't been great 
and they can celebrate when it is great and we're all there for each other. Beautiful. And so how do you feel that you have changed in regards to through, like through the journey of creating the magazine from going digital to print? How do you feel that you've changed through that process? Oh, I've changed hugely, I think, because I was running uh, three businesses at the time of having the magazine as well when it was digital. So now, I mean, I've still got a lot of projects on, but I, my magazine is the main focus and then I still have my VIP mentoring clients and, and the smaller things around that. I've changed because I've made this my priority now and I, by cutting back, I've allowed myself to fully immerse into this project and, and give it the opportunity and the chance for it to be all that it can be. And it's, it's great to be busy. And I, I think, it, you know, busy is so overdone. Who isn't? Mm. You know, I hate when you walk up to someone, how have you been? Busy? Yeah, no, no, of course you have. Everyone has. We create our own business. I've chosen to fill my plate and my day and my diary with what I'm doing because I know it's going to empower as many people as it will. So I've changed because it's allowed me to truly harness my gift and share that with the world. I've made a decision to allow time to speak and travel. You know, two weeks on a cruise ship, I speak around five or six times. I never know who I'm going to empower. But it also gives me a downtime because on board the internet isn't wonderful. So it gives me some time to sit and plan projects and just have some me time and time with my partner, my husband. So it, it, everything in life is a choice. Everything in our reality today is because of the choices we've made. So for those that grumble and whinge, I just say take a look in the mirror because the only one to blame is kind of you. Uh, you need to just take stock of that. And when I was busy and I wasn't happy because I was doing too many things, all my fault as well, and I made those changes and now I have the perfect balance. So with all the million different things that you do, where do you feel your zone of genius is? Oh, in creation, in inspiring and empowering others. I love to speak. I, I never take notes onto a stage. I know where I want my audience to lead and how they want them to feel when they leave. Uh, speaking and empowering and engaging in another human being and knowing that what I've said has made a difference to them. I mean, highly intuitive, which I've only had someone confirm to me recently. I kind of thought I was, uh, but I've actually had an expert confirm I'm highly intuitive and I now trust the messages that come to me and when I share them that is an absolute gift and it's one I didn't realize I had and now I've got it and I know about it I have to then share that with others so I can tap in very quickly now and know uh, what's going on and how to help them and if they're brave enough to trust me and brave enough to back themselves it's it's unlimited what we can do mm. so I've got a few different genius zones but they all come back to the one thing Christine empowering women to become the best version of themselves and was there was there a time in your life where you had that click for you that you were like this is where I've got to spend my time or this I'm really good at this like I need to continue to do this when I went through the floods and I launched the network group, I had women coming up to me because they knew I was in debt a few hundred thousand dollars when it all went went down. And they saw me getting through the debt and they saw me getting stronger and more confident. And of course, when I bought, it wasn't even about the car, but I did buy you know, a mango color BMW as my reward after 18 months of paying all my debt off. Uh, they then said to me, we would like to pay you for you to teach us what did you do to go broke to BMW. And that's when I realized that I must have done something right and different for them to want to engage my services. I fell into mentoring. 
And, you know, four and a half years after that, I was standing on a stage in New York winning an award for doing that exact thing. I'm like, how did I get here? (laughs) (laughs) Incredible, incredible. And was there one main thing that you can sort of remember back to throughout that time where you went from broke to BMW that was probably one of the biggest things that created that success for you or...? A milestone moment, I would say, when I was sort of my line in the sand uh, was when I laid on the bathroom floor at 2 o'clock in the morning and I was sobbing like thousands of years' worth of tears. The little Indian girl inside me was crying because every word that she'd been told growing up that she wasn't good enough, she has no voice, no one's going to listen to her, she has no skills, she's worthless, Uh, you know, I should have just done what they told me to do, everyone was right, an Indian girl can't succeed in business. All of those emotions were coming through me and out of me and it's when I got up and realised that if I let that become my reality, it will. Or I could think about the children in Thailand that I knew needed me. I've lived there. I've worked there. I've, I've seen babies dumped at back doors of hotels. And I've been there. I've witnessed the mafia. I've witnessed the rooms that these four or five-year-old girls are taken to. It was that snap moment for me that went, no way. I'm not going to be selfish and let what, what's happened here affect who I'm going to help in this world. And that was my kind of get up, get on with it, and off I went. Amazing. So for people who are listening to this that might be going through something similar or have had a major failure or a massive challenge in their life and they're listening and they're like, well, I haven't, may not have that big a why, what would you say to them? Your why, don't compare your why. There's two two words I don't like and they start with F and C and they're not what you think. (laughs) Failure and competition. There is no competition. Your why may be uh, just, you know, it's, it's not about comparing one why to another there are no two alike your why could be as simple as getting up every day having great health and going to a job that pays you stably that is beautiful that's fine if that's truly where your gifts lie then go unpack them in that area you don't need to look at someone else's why and go I couldn't do anything that big you maybe not meant to Every one of us has a different role to play while we're on this planet. And our time here is quite short. No one knows when it's up. Mm. And if we don't make the most of it while we have it, you hear the stories all the time of a doctor giving someone their death sentence saying you've got 12 months to live. That's when they move from existing to living. What if we could shift that now? So I would say to you, if you're listening to this and you're going through something right now and you're feeling like a failure and you know you're not maybe living your true purpose in life, I would ask you to buy my book, buy a book. I've got a book that helps people with this. I've got a course that helps them. It doesn't matter if it's through me or anyone. Go and find a book or a course that can help you unpack what your genius zone is, what your why is, and then how you can turn that into a business or apply those skills in a job. You have the same skills, if you're listening to this, you have the same skills and ability and resources that I have and Christine has and everyone else has. You're just not asking the right questions to the right people. Often our network is our net worth. You will already know someone in your network right now who can help you with exactly what you need to move forward. You're just not asking the question. Mm, True. So true. I love that. So Obviously, throughout your success, you've been able to tap into lots of different networks and you've been able to create, you know, so much through your relationships. What do you feel is important when when building a relationship in business? Authenticity. Uh, 
all the relationships, like we moved back to Australia eight and a half years ago and I didn't know anyone because we hadn't been in the country for a while. I didn't know anyone in Queensland and I had small friends, a handful of friends in Sydney and Melbourne. Everything I've built now, our, our uh, connections and contacts I've built are over 25,000 and I know a lot of them. It's not like I've just friended anybody with a pulse. I've met them. I've connected with them. Someone else has told me to connect. So the most important thing that I've been able to do with a lot of the connections I've got and why I've got such good quality connections that, that vouch for me, back me and support me in everything I do is because I was authentic from day one. If I didn't know something, I would tell them. I would ask for help. There's nothing worse than when you play on fake book. I don't call it Facebook because it's fake book. Everyone projects this life, or not everyone, but majority of people on there project this life that's perfect. And they never share when things aren't. They never share when the wheels have fallen off. They never share when things aren't quite going well because they feel it's an embarrassment and they use the F word again. And I often, when I was going through my journey, I shared everything. And I was able to build up relationships with people because they said, she's not fake. I've been termed when I've come off stage many times. Shah Moore has real deal appeal. I keep it real. Mm. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want to make a friendship or a connection with someone while wearing a mask because they can't actually truly see who I am if I've got a mask on and I can't see them. So I want it, I want it to be real. And if we're meant to connect and it goes on from there to something else, great, because we've done it based on both of us being real. So the best way to grow your network is to be real, authentic, and just share what's going on, good, bad, or otherwise. Don't play mm. on Facebook. That's it, and just be open and, vu- and vulnerable, you know. That's how we really do build those relationships is being open like that because otherwise you're right. It, it's this whole facade that we show that we think that it's, you know, what people want to see, but it's actually, we just want to be real and actually connect with people. So that's beautiful. Thank you. No one actually wants to see fake. No one connects with it. No one's interested in a perfect life because that just makes them feel worse. And there is no perfect life because everyone's definition of perfect is also different. So it's, it's not real and it's not sustainable. And at some point they will crash and people will actually get to see the real person. That's when they'll make the best connections they've ever made in their life. Mm, so true. And there's always, I'm sure anyone can tap into it at a different time in their lives where they've been down and out and made an amazing friend that stuck by them. So that's beautiful. So for someone who has an idea and they know their why, what do you think would be the next step for them to be able to create a business or to follow their passions? What advice would you give them? 100% go find a business mentor or coach that can help them build a strategy. Strategy is something that's left out of a lot of uh, courses I've seen and I've done myself when I started out. They don't give you the strategy. And unless you've got that overarching strategy where you know exactly what you're trying to achieve, who you need to achieve it for. So I have a program that I use, well, when I was mentoring mainly called the Y formula. And we would go through the four pillars of business success and build a strategy around that. And if you don't have those pillars in place, I've seen and I've mentored people in business after three, four years. They've spent a ton of money on courses and programs, a ton of money getting things wrong. No one ever sat with them and did their strategy. So you can find a 100 million people out there who can help you do a business strategy, but don't start without it. Find the way, find the money, find the person, get that done first, and then you can probably implement the strategy yourself. Otherwise, there's people who can help you. But don't do it the hard way. If you know your why, you know your passion, you know what you're trying to achieve, 
go then ask for someone to help you because the great thing with a mentor is they have done it before. The reason you pay for a mentor is they've, they've done it. They've walked the walk. They're not teaching you from a textbook. There's a saying that you'll either pay for a mentor now or you'll pay for a mentor in 12 months through lost opportunities, but either way you'll pay. And it's so true. I was going through broke to BMW. I have I had massive debt. I have no idea how I got a credit card, which shows the banking system in Australia. Uh, but I did. I got a credit card and I paid for my first mentor, $15,000 for a program. And in six weeks of joining that program, I've done $45,000. Was that not the best decision I ever made? Hell yeah. Amazing. So why wouldn't you pay a mentor to help you get there faster? They've done it. They've been there, done it, got a T-shirt on it. So what would be some of your favorite advice you've received from a mentor? Oh gosh, that's very, depending on what I was doing. Uh, it, it again, came back to the best advice is around strategy, uh, knowing your avatar. Uh, so many people get that wrong. That's like a number one thing we go through in my sessions is knowing exactly who your avatar is, not your ideal client, your avatar, which is a next level up. People don't take the time to understand that. And they do the whole spray and pray approach, which costs a fortune if they're doing social media ads or even at networking events, they're trying to get everyone into their net. Your product or service may be for everyone. Of course, everyone on the planet needs to know their why, but it doesn't mean everyone's ready to know their why and it's understanding what age and what what type of person and all the the psycho and demographics of uh, the profiling that I do in the sessions is so important uh, that you know it's one of the best things I learned years and years ago and it served me well and all my clients well I've picked up so many tips I wouldn't know where to start <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much for the, for today. It's been amazing just listening to your journey, your story, and what you've created with the magazine. For people who are wanting to find the magazine, where would they do that? Sure. So they can go into major news agents uh, around Australia. They can go into the airport news link news agent, or they can go onto our website, which is the letter Y, ymag.com.au, and they can subscribe from there. We're also on social media. And if anyone's wanting to know more about myself, it's just my name, shamore.com.au. Beautiful. Well, I'll make sure I put all of that in the show notes as well. But I just want to acknowledge you for your strength and your ability to just drive yourself. I think through this interview, it's been really apparent that you've been really determined and you've taken your why and you've made it your complete driving force to actually achieve what you want to achieve in your life. And I think that's really commendable. So thank you so much for your strength and your openness and your vibrancy today thank you thank you christine thank you very much for having me i hope this helps at least one person listening that's all i ever speak for oh i'm sure it will it's been amazing and i've just you've uncovered so much and covered so much information in a short <laughs> period of time so i really want to want to take this opportunity to thank you greatly pleasure thank you so much and i hope you ha have an amazing time on your cruise thank you thanks everyone bye-bye if you are looking for a mentor or coach, I'd love for you to be a part of my tribe with my next live online program. If you're looking for accountability, a sounding board, someone to drive you to uncover your greatness, along with a small intimate group of like-minded people. Starting at the end of April, you can jump on my website for more information and book a discovery call to see if this is something that will help create the success that you were looking for. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking 
forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.